You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. Hi, Shalom. Hope you're doing amazing. Thank you so much for listening. I really mean that. Thank you very much for tuning in, and let's jump right in. So, this week's Parsha is Titzava. I was trying to find Moshe's mention, you know, the mentioning of Moshe Rabbeinu. I was looking literally through every word, every pasuk, every chapter in the Parsha. I, I just couldn't find it. It's well known. Moshe's name is not written in Parsha's Titzava. In fact... His name is not written in all of Sefer Bereshis, but that's not such a chiddush because Moshe wasn't around yet. Um, but what Chazal do tell us is that from the time when Moshe Rabbeinu was born and we're introduced to Moshe Rabbeinu in Parsha Shemos, he is mentioned in every Parsha except for that of Titzava, this week's Parsha. The Gra famously says, and I say famously with a grain of salt and a little bit of pepper because, you know, if somebody doesn't know it or hasn't heard of it, they shouldn't feel like they're second class. But there is a relatively well-known, if you know it, Gra. And the Gra says that it's true, the name Moshe is not hidden to a big giloi, beheferish, be. Befeirah, straight up, out, externally, the words mem, shin, hey, the letters, those letters to spell Moshe, you're right, you don't see that, but Bederech Pnimius, on some remez, we do find his name, because the hidden letters, what are the hidden letters? The hidden letters of Moshe, what are the hidden letters of a word? So mem is spelled mem, mem, the hidden letter is a mem, shin is spelled shin, yod, nun, the hidden letters are yod, nun. Hey is spelled Hey Aleph. The hidden letter is an Aleph. So, if you take the hidden letters Mem, Yud Nun, so that's forty. Yud Nun is ten and fifty. That's sixty. That's a hundred. And the Aleph from the Hey, that's one hundred one. One hundred and one. The significance is the hundred one Dalmatians, of course. That's not significant. So, what's the significance of one hundred one? 101 is the number of psukim that comprise Parsha's Tetzaveh. And 101 is the numerical value of the hidden letters of Moshe Rabbeinu's name. So, although Bederech Giloi, Moshe Rabbeinu, is not mentioned, Beferush, Bepnimius, the Pnimius Shalot, the Hainu Haruchnius, the spirituality of Moshe is alluded to. And what was his spirituality? I mean, he taught us the Torah. It was the words in the Torah that he had taught us. The words on the page, the Torah that he had taught to Klal Yisrael, that's still there and that and that that remained. So the Chitzonius of Moshe, his physical name is not there. But the spiritual inner aspect of his name is alluded to and it is there. Um, so that's an interesting thing when it comes to the name of Moshe and its illusion in this week's parsha, I want to share with you a beautiful Chassam cipher. And the Chassam cipher discusses how a very important idea, and that is the more hidden something is, the more kedusha lies within. Again, the more hidden 
and concealed, contained, something is, the more Kedusha exists in that place. And we see this play out with Moshe Rabbeinu's name in this week's parsha, and we'll see how it connects to Parim. And we'll end with the suggestion, a Chiddush, that perhaps can give us an insight into why we dress up on Parim. So let's jump right in. And even though we already jumped right in, I don't know how you jump in once you already jumped in. If if you already jumped in a pool, can you jump in again? It's kind of impossible, but in Yiddishkeit, it's not. You can jump in and then jump in, and then you can jump in and jump in even more. There's always more depths to explore and to delve and dive into. So let's go. So the Chassam Sofer says that, Fascinating. The Chachamim, the righteous people, the more righteous somebody is, the more their external essence is not their essence, but the more their external elements are secondary, and that which is inside is the primary. So, somebody who's more spiritual, his guf, his body, becomes secondary, and the malbush, the clothing, of the body becomes even more secondary. The more spiritual somebody is, the more of an inside panemiastic type of person that person is. The more external a person is, the more sikhliest, the more shitchiest, the more shallow a person is. So the more that there's this block of the inside, and the more there's this value that there's an ikker on the outside. That's why when, it, and he explains, it's fascinating, a person, the more a person is into his clothing, that's a sign that there's less of that spirituality and less of that in touch with that panemius aspect of him. And he says something startling in, in, in relation to Achashverosh. You know, we know that Achashverosh used the big day kahuna you look in the Gemara and you had Bez, Amud Bez. He, he used the Bekehuna. We know this because the Megillah tells us, Bachashverosh says, Bachashverosh es yikar teferos gudulaso, like the, the splendor of his, of his godless. That word teferos, how do we know that it's talking about the big day kahuna, that Achashverosh wore the big day kahuna at his big festive party? Because that word teferos is the link. In our parsha Titzave. It says, describing the big dekuna, it says, it says, uh, so that word teferis is used there in Megillah, it's used in our parsha, describing big dekuna, so we see that Achashverosh were the big dekuna. The Chassam Sofer points out, Mamish, an amazing diuk. He says, when it comes to the teferis, to the big dekuna, to the clothing that Achashverosh wore, it says, Tiferes Gidulaso. It was the clothing that made him great. It was There was greatness in the clothing, the external factor of the clothing. And that's why it says Gidulaso. You know, when it doesn't say that by the Big Day Kuna, it doesn't say Lechvodo Uli. Utfarto. Rather, it says lechavod ulusifaris. What's the difference? The difference is, and now this is this is really not the pashtus way that you and I may have read this word lechavod ulusifaris for all these years. You know, whenever you read it, you read that the they were made the big dekuna were made 
for their honor and their splendor that the word, the covenant of Ferris is going on the clothing. Hassam Sover says, it's going on the person. The true covenant, the true Tiferes that's being clothed is Aaron HaKohen. The true honor and the true splendor and the true greatness is Aaron HaKohen himself. And the Begadim are secondary to that. Because like he said before, the more spiritual, the more inner, the more pneumistic somebody is, the more the external becomes that, becomes external, it becomes secondary. The more if someone's connected to his neshama, the more his guf is like the malbush to his neshama. It's secondary. Of course, it's necessary and there's value to it, but it's secondary nonetheless. So, get a load of this. You know, he... The Gemara in Chulin, Kuflam and Testament base, says, Moshe and Nayan, where do you know Moshe in the Torah? Esther and Nayan, where do you know Esther? Haman, where do you know Haman in the Torah? Mordechai, where do you know Mordechai in the Torah? So the Gemara says something interesting. Then the Chassam Sofer points this out. When it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, at least in the entire Bereshis, there's no mention, but there is an allusion to him, Bederech Remez. And that is in the word Bishagam. The word Bishagam is Be'i Shin Gimel Mem. It's in Bereshis. And that word, that, that's just the same gematria as 345, the same gematria as Moshe. That's the allusion to Moshe in the Torah. And, and we know the Gemara says, Haman, how do you know this? Haman in the Torah, it says, Hamin Ha'etz. Notice something interesting, says the Chassam Sofer. He says that the more spiritual, the more holy a person is, the more concealed and hidden they are. And the less spiritual, less holy a person is, the more begiloi, the more revealed and explicit they are in the Torah. And he says this based on this Gemara. You see, Moshe Rabbeinu, who's the most holy of them all, the most spiritual of them all, he has the most illusion. It's the most, it's, it's, it, it's a very strong and esoteric illusion. It's through a gematria of Bishagam. You have to go, go into a gematria to find Moshe, at least in Barashas. Okay, the next level, who is the next in this list of Moshe, Esther, Haman, and Mordechai? Who's the next on the list in spiritual holiness? Says the Chassam Sofer was Mordechai. So Mordechai already is alluded to you have to look in Targum to figure out the name. So it's an illusion, but it's one step a little bit, it's a little bit more explicit than Moshe was, who was just alluded to via a gematria. Who's the next? Holy, obviously Esther, but it was one step less than Mordechai. So Esther is already alluded to. The entire name is there, but there's another letter. It says Astir. So the whole word Esther is in, in there, but... It has a yud, so it's a little bit, it's a little bit hidden, but it's still pretty much there. The least spiritual of them all, obviously, and the most physical of them all, obviously, was Haman, and that's why it says his name straight out. It says Hey Mem Nun Hamin Ha'etz. So the more spiritual somebody is, the more kedusha that person has, and the more hidden something is, the more kedusha that there is. It's an incredible. Incredible concept. You could take this idea in many places, um, but it, it, the Hassam Sofer really 
connects this and says, hey, that's specifically why, you know, at the end of the day, Moshe was on a level where his name, he was so holy and voracious, we only allude to his name, Bedarach, Remez, a crazy Remez, it's a gematria in the word Bishagam. But through Shemot, starting Shemot, through the rest of his life, through the rest of the Torah, at the end of the day, it's for us, for Klaisal, the readers of the Torah, we need to have his name. But there's one Parsha that leaves it out. That's our Parsha, Parsha Tzitzavet. You know why? Because that's the Parsha of the Begadim. That's the Parsha of the Big Day Kuna. And the Parsha that deals with clothing, it's this lesson that we've been saying that the clothing represents secondary. The more spiritual somebody is, the, the clothing becomes secondary to them. So specifically in the Parsha of clothing, that's where Moshe Moshe's name is clothed because his spiritual essence comes out. He was so far off from that as from that idea of clothing that he his name was not even mentioned in the parsha. And perhaps, my friends, we can suggest that this could be an idea regarding the dress-up custom that we uh, that we have when it comes to Parm. You know. Because, like we're saying, the more spiritual somebody is, the less of a focus there is on the goof, on the clothing. On Purim, you dress up in silly things, right? You dress up as things that you're normally not. You, you know, like you dress up as a Hasidish guy if you're not. Let's say you dress up as a worker man, as, a, as an artist, as a Lego man, as m ms whatever it is. People dress up and people laugh because it's funny, because it's silly, because at the end of the day, it's a reminder that the clothing is silly. It's silly. You know, a lot of times now in our modern world, it's sad, but it's true. It looks like Purim for the rest of the world all year round. People dress up. I mean, just just keep, keep I mean, obviously have Shmira Senayim, but you just, if you walk one day out in the public, I mean... People dress up strange, my friends. Very, very strange. I want to tell you something. I was one time shopping at a store. This was a couple years ago. And somebody came over to me. A man came over to me um, at the store. I I don't think he thought I worked there because I didn't have any name tag. And I'm not the type of guy who looks like I work at a store. So uh, he came over to me and he's like, hey, does this look like a carrot? I'm like, what are you talking about? And I see he actually shows me it's a green pair of pants and a bright orange shirt. And he's asking me with the straightest face possible, he's like, does this look like a carrot? And so without, I didn't laugh. I don't want to make him feel bad. And I looked, I'm like, you know, sir, it does not look like a carrot. I'll explain to you why. You know, a carrot has the green part on top and the orange part on bottom. And here are the pants, the beautiful pants that you picked out. It's the green on the bottom. It's the green pants and the orange on top. So it doesn't really look like a carrot. You're good. Yeah, in my head, I'm thinking, yes, he looks like a carrot. You walk around, people look like carrots. People look like, you know, pink hair, blue hair, all types of dress... At the end of the day, on Purim, we have one day where we dress up like that, and we connect to this fact that the fact that clothing is a little bit silly, it's very external, and it's supposed to remind us on some level 
how internal, how panemistic, how spiritual, how secondary that is supposed to be, how secondary the clothing aspect of our lives is supposed to be. Of course, there are halachos, not to have, you know, smudges, you're supposed, not supposed to look like a, sh- a shlump and a shlomazlan, and, but you have to look presentable. But at the end of the day, the clothing, that malbush is secondary. And the more chacham, the more righteous somebody is, the more that becomes secondary and the more their panemius, their insight, the more their spirituality becomes the ichor in their lives. May we connect with that idea. When we dress up on Purim, let us connect with the idea that this is, it's funny and it's silly, but that's what it is. It's funny and it's silly. At the end of the day, let's be real. Let's be internally focused and become the best that we can be. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.